Welcome everybody to the next podcast for For Women Over 50. I am your host and founder of For Women Over 50, Maria Pesson. And I am very excited today to introduce to you Dorshell Spence. Dorshell is the author of the book, Into the Gathering Clouds. It's about surviving the diagnosis and treatment of cancer with faith, friends, and finesse. That Dorshell is going to tell us about her journey and her experience with cancer and what she went through. So Dorshell, introduce yourself and say hi. Thank you so much. Um, I am delighted to be here with you, Maria, uh, and to share this um, important journey um, that uh, I'd like to refer to as an important battle. Because when you talk about cancer and people uh, use the term journey, it to me, it, it doesn't speak to the fight um, that women and men are going through in order to survive this uh, terrible uh, disease. Um, and so I um, chose the title Into the Gathering Clouds to talk about um, the, the fight that was coming. Okay. So tell and us. so, yeah. And so um, basically, in addition to um, writing, I also um, enjoy speaking about uh, this particular fight because um, I think so many of, of our women are a little bit afraid um, to get mammograms. And so I want to talk about um, the, the, um, the need to not be scared, to not be afraid, uh, and how important it is to early detection to get our mammograms. And so then I also want to about getting it because they're afraid of the results. Well, well, some people are afraid of the results. Some people are afraid uh, of the actual test itself, and they think that it might hurt or it might be uncomfortable. Well, um, and so they just rather not. <laughs> let's let's call a spade a spade it's definitely uncomfortable I always think when I get it done like who invented this and thought <laughs> this was a good idea but you know they still haven't improved on it and I'm hoping that after 40 years of mammograms they might have started to improve on it but you know what they say if a man had to go through it it would have been fixed a long time ago yeah they do say that um and the machine does give you a squeeze um but, but it's not to be, horrible. it's not to be feared. Right. Yeah. Not horrible. It's right. just something you have to go through. And if you go through it, then you have a clear mind afterwards. So it's better to go through it and, and relieve your mind than to not go through it and find out you should have went through it. That's right. That's right. And um, so, you know, and then once you get the, the um, results, if the results come back, that you have dense breast tissue, which so many uh, women have, then um, there is a follow-up test you can request because with dense breast tissue, the cancer doesn't always show up um, in the mammogram. Um, and so then if that's what your um, tests show, you can ask for a breast um, ultrasound, which is a little bit, which sees better and is uh, provides you with a better result. I think I had one of those once. I the pap smear showed a problem, and they had me do that, and it ended up being nothing. But um, 
Yeah, I remember doing something like that. I went through it. So tell me your experience. How did you find out that you had cancer? Um, actually felt the um, felt the knot, the lump in my lymph node under my right armpit. Um, and so I never felt it in my breast and the mammogram never saw it um, wow. in any of the um, diagnostic testing that I had because I had dense breast tissue and I did not know that you could request um, this ultrasound that would, that would have uh, helped me find it earlier. So I found it after it had left my breast or spread from my breast into my lymph node mm. shower and uh, noticed that there was a knot in um, one side, but not on the other. And the alarm bells just started going off immediately. I knew this was, this was not good. This was a bad thing. So how long ago did you discover this? So it was, um, I remember the day. It was April 19th of uh, 2016. And as they say, you know, you remember everything just stopped. I'm in the shower. I feel this knot. And then I know exactly the moment. I, I know the date. I know the time, all of it, because my world really changed in that moment. It wasn't when I got the diagnosis. I knew before the doctor, you know, before I went to the doctor that I had, I, I was going to be facing a fight for my life. Um, and that's scary. It's really scary. Um, but I am a five-year survivor. So I'm here to tell everybody that, um, the battle can be won, um, but the battle is hard. Yes, it is. So how, what stage were you in? I was two B and that that's, you know, just before you get to three, um, because fortunately, uh, my cancer, um, had not left the lymph nodes another six months, another year, and I would have had a different, um, I would have been in a different situation. So I was stage 2B, um, and I had to go through um, chemotherapy for um, 16 months, 18 months of chemotherapy. Fine. I had surgery, and then I had um, 30 days of intense radiation. And how did you survive all that? What was it like um, for you? It, um, it was very challenging. But, you know, I, I'll tell you, um, the important thing that helped me survive it was having um, friends who um, treated me the same as they did before I was sick. Um, but gave me the space to be sick. So I they didn't give me a pity party and they, you know, and I didn't want one. Um, so we still, you know, went out for dinner and we still had cocktails and we still got together. But at the same time on those days when I really struggled through it, um, they were like, okay, what do you need? What can I do? And a lot of times the answer was nothing. You can do nothing. Uh, and I don't need anything but to just sort of be in this moment. And um, they gave me that space. So friends was definitely um, one of the big three. 
Um, the second of the big three uh, is my faith. My faith in, um, for me, God. Uh, for me, um, the uh, mercy and grace that he gives, the strength that I get from him. But for anybody uh, who believes in something larger than themselves and the universe and the kindness and good energy, all of that really is saying the same thing. I just name it what I name it. Uh, but faith in something larger than yourself that you can rely on uh, to give you some strength. And with that, I decided when I learned officially that I had this cancer, um, that I would approach it with positivity and courage, that I would be up for the battle, I would be courageous in the fight, and that I would try to be positive at every step uh, of the way. Well, and then the third, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, that was three. Do we have a fourth one? Oh, well, to me, I put those together because the third one uh, was finesse. Um, I had to keep a little bit of myself uh, as I went through this process. You know, cancer and the treatment of cancer takes so much from you. Um, it takes away your choices. It takes away your hair. It takes away your energy. And all of those things leave you um, feeling a little bit helpless and a little bit outside of yourself and your normalcy. And so for me, I had to keep some, some of me, which was my style, uh, my finesse, my, the way I approach my life. And it ended up being in my shoes. I wanted to make sure that I wore my big girl shoes to every treatment that I went to, that I stepped into the clinic looking ready looking ready for the fight and looking that I came fierce. out. Yes. Full makeup, the whole nine yards. Well, makeup isn't my thing. I don't wear makeup, uh, but I dressed. Yes. I dressed as if I were, I was going somewhere because I was going somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, it was just, you know, not to a happy place, but I, I was, I was fully suited up. There's a, a verse in the Bible that says, um, put on the whole armor of God. And a part of that for me was putting on my clothes, getting dressed up. We haven't gotten dressed up in a long time. It's kind of nice to dress up again. That's right. That's yeah. right. COVID has changed our world, hasn't it? It has. But it's a nice idea because if you approach it like the business that you're in, it becomes less... I don't know, overwhelming, I guess. You know, you're taking charge. You have, you control the things you have control over. And one of the things you could do, you know, you can't not do chemo, but you can look damn good when you're doing it. That's exactly right. You said it, Maria. That's it. That's how I approached it. Well, good for you. So how long um, after the chemo and, and the operations and such, did you come back with a um, positive scan? Um, so basically the whole process for me, uh, I'll take you through a, ge a general timeline. It's, you know, so April 19th, I found, uh, I felt the knot, that was a Tuesday on Friday. I, I was seeing my primary care physician anyway, because I already had that appointment. 
And she sent me immediately. She felt the knot and she immediately sent me off to get an ultrasound of my breast. Um, the ultrasound uh, technician, like every time, sends it to the doctor. You don't get to see the doctor, but they basically, um, you know, when you go for some, some test, they take the test and then they call you back with the results, right? Cool. So the technician is doing the breast ultrasound and she says, okay, just stay here. Don't get dressed. Uh, I'm going to just show, um, you know, these pictures to the radiologist who's going to read them. Um, and I was like, okay, well, they always tell you to get dressed and, you know, they're going to take it, but just wait here. So the don't get dressed, the wait here. And then the radiologist comes into the room and I'm like, yeah. okay, this yeah. isn't good. Right. Yeah. So the radiologist says, well, I want to look at some more parts again. And so she goes through the whole thing and they're only looking at one breast. So I'm like, okay. Um, and then she says, you know, I think we found some things that uh, require a biopsy. So then it's like, you got to schedule the biopsy. It was two weeks before I could get the biopsy. They took the biopsy. Then it's like, it's five days. Well, they call me in two days and they're like, well, so you have this cancer. So then you meet with the doctor. Um, they didn't check your other breasts just in case. Well, they did. So the ultrasound for the technician, she checked both breasts. But when the radiologist came in, she yep. was just like, okay, I just want to look at this right breast. Got it. Yeah. So yeah, they checked both and then they focused in on what the problem was and then by you know the first of may they had implanted um the the porticath which is the um the way that they administer chemotherapy drugs into your body um and mother you know the monday after mother's day i was in chemotherapy so that went on for 18 months you started your chemo the day after mother's day is that what you said i did yes Oh. And then you went yeah. through that for 18 months. Yes. And, and surgery and then radiation. And were you cancer free after all of this? Yes, ma'am. I had what they call a complete uh, pathological response. Oh, very. I like cancer free better. It's more, <laughs> it's more precise, but I uh, like cured. Uh, cured. I like that too. So what made yes. you write a book about this? So I wanted to take people through this, through this fight with me. I wanted people to know everything that happened um, from, you know, the, the day I felt the tumor, every treatment, every, every high, the kindness that people showed me, every low, the day I lost my hair the day my husband had to shave my head because I could no longer tolerate looking like my grandfather. Um, it just um, all of the changes that my body went through, the way it impacted my relationship with my husband, the way it impacted my uh, relationship with my daughter, um, all of that is in the book. And in fact, I interviewed six close people with me uh, and wrote their version of uh, these inc incidents that they witnessed. Uh, so you get it not just from my perspective, but you also get it from their 
their perspective and what they went through as caregivers and as uh, people in my circle of love. Wow, that's really an important book. And I think it's really cool that you wrote it and it probably helped you with the journey, I would imagine. It did. It did uh, help me to, um, you know, not every experience was positive. Uh, there was a lot of pain, physical and emotional, in uh, going through this journey. And it really helped me um, to start to see my life um, in, a, in, a, in a different way. Going through cancer, going through the treatments, it, I didn't. I didn't change a lot in the way I viewed my life and the world. It wasn't until after um, all of that went away that I could, um, that I could approach it and really um, rethink uh, myself and my life and what was important. Not during, not at the moment of diagnosis. Then it, I was just fighting to live. Sure. That's scary to feel like you might be at the end of your life and to see you deteriorating so it's a scary time I could imagine but you came out stronger and yes. imagine that you learned some lessons from it that something positive did come out of it yes and absolutely what, and what would you say those things were um as I said during I was still working every day. I was still being a mom, being a wife, like doing all the things, trying to not let any of the balls drop that I was responsible for carrying. Um, and so when you're in that fight, all you're doing is sort of working from that deep reservoir of, of, um, of experience that you have to, to pull from. And then afterwards, it's like, okay, now I can breathe. And I can see that I have over, I have stressed, I've overstressed myself by being so driven, by not allowing myself and anything to fall apart. I didn't I fully allow people to help me. And, and for being a strong woman, like I know you are, Maria, I know all of your listeners, you know, so many of us pride ourselves on the strength that we bring into our relationships, that we bring into the way we care. I learned in after this process that it was okay for me to say, y'all, I'm tired. I can't do that. Um, that was an important lesson that was very difficult for me to mm -hmm. release having to do it all. Sure. You know, when um, as a young person, I was always a feminist and in a world where very few women had careers. I was insistent upon having a career, but then I also was insistent upon getting married and having children. So I wanted it all. And to do that, you have to be strong. So you, you tend to take on more than you can handle. And one day I learned that I could say no. And I started saying no to people and when they asked me to do certain things that I didn't want to do and didn't have time for, where I felt I had to say yes to every invitation before, I no longer right. felt that way. And it definitely lightens your load learning to do that. That's right. And then um, the other thing 
is allowing people to see you vulnerable, to see you um, weak or deep. Um, that, that was the other thing that I learned is okay to do. Sure. Sure, you don't have to be superwoman every day. You know, remember that commercial in the olden days? I could bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan, and never let you forget you're a man. Yes, Aljali. Yeah, because I'm a woman. We don't have to do that anymore. We have to, we can expect help from the other quarter. That's for sure. So what would you, what was the thing that you wanted to share the most with the readers who might be going through this journey? That it is, there is grace in this universe for us and there is mercy. And that while I am fully aware that not everyone who goes through this fight uh, survives it. Um, what I want you to know is that going, how you go through the fight is so important to your own um, stability and to those people around you. How you choose to go through this battle is important. So make it a choice. Decide that you're going to do it your way because that's the legacy that you leave, whether you survive this or you don't. Well, thank you for those words. I'm going to change gear for a minute um, and ask you, since you've turned 50, and this is a question I ask everyone, what three superpowers have you developed? All right. That is an outstanding question. The first superpower that I developed is the power to drop my backpack, to leave my hurts and my disappointments and my anger behind. I no longer carry my backpack and that's a superpower. My back is now free. How wonderful to let it go. Yes, it doesn't serve us. It doesn't. It, do, it no longer serves me. That's excellent. Um, the second superpower. I, personally, I think that that's probably one of the best things we develop when we get older. We just don't give a shit about the things we did before that <laughs> overly stressed us out. Now we're just saying, the hell with that. I'm. I don't care anymore about those things and I'm not going to worry about it. So yes, I think that's the best part of getting to this age. I agree. And the thing is, it doesn't happen the minute you turn 50. It's not like a clock. It's right. like it, it's somewhere in those first 50, you know, those first few months and years of being in your 50s that it's like, oh, wait, I don't need that anymore. Oh, wait. I love it. Yes, I love it too. Best part. So what are, my, the, what are your other? My second superpower is um, I now love me. Wow. You did not love yourself before. I don't know that. But 
I think maybe I loved myself before, but now I'm in love with me. Like I am a badass. I am. I am great. How fabulous! Yes, I. I look good. I feel good. I don't look any different than I did at 49 or 48, probably a little heavier even, but I feel like I'm just the bomb. (laughs) That's great. How old are you? I am 54. So it's just getting stronger and stronger, correct? Yes. Yes. That's great. Good for you. And you're scared. Yeah. The third one, I think goes hand in hand I am now confident I am just I'm just I do something and it's like yes that's the direction I'm going yes that's what I want to do no that's not what I want to do I'm not going there so I'm confident all the great things about getting older you know there's a quote by Helen Marin where she says the best thing about um, being 70 is being 70. <laughs> I love it. I know. I love it. It's like, there's a lot of good stuff when you turn 50 that starts to happen. I'm 65 myself and a lot of good stuff happens. You know, you shed a lot of nonsense on the way to being 65. I'm ha- I'm happy being alone. I like being with people, but I'm so comfortable with myself. I'm happy to be with myself. I mean, so many wonderful things that happen. Dorshell, I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. You are a fighter and a hero as well to many women and will be a hero. So thank you for sharing your journey. And if somebody wants to find out about you, where would they go? Yes. Yeah, so my website, and I need to spell my name for um, everybody, but my website is dorshellspence.com. And that's where you can buy my books. You can find out about me. I have more than one book and I, I speak all over the country. So I'm delighted to uh, talk with you. If you want to reach out to me, it's D like David, O-R-C-H-E-L-L-E, S like Sam, P like Peter, E N ce.com dorshellspence.com and we'll put it in the show notes as well so you'll be able to click on it from there dorshell thank you for being with us i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did and have a wonderful day thank you maria y'all take care